I uh, been fighting sinus infection or problems. Anyway, I thought my phone was messing up because every time I always use my left ear. And I thought, man, everybody sounds funny. My speaker on my phone is messing up. So a while ago, I called to check on Sister Sandy. And uh, I thought, well, I used my right ear. Oh, nothing wrong with the speaker on my phone. My ear's messed up. So I was getting ready to go get another phone because I thought it was messing up. The ring sounded funny. The voice is sounding funny. And so now, I, anyway. So basically, and, and, and here, excuse me, you'll see that Nicodemus is going to ask a question. As we look at the question of Nicodemus to Jesus, as we look at that, we'll see that Jesus responds back in a way that's not as the question was asked. All right, that goes into verse 1. All right, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, here, here he is. He's a Jew. He's a ruler of the Jews, and he's a man of the Pharisees. More than likely, being in the ruler of the Jews, I'd say exactly knew that he's a Sanhedrin. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Because I think what was the seventy rulers of the Jews? Uh, uh, I, would, uh, I, I don't think, remember the numbers, but you had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and they yeah. both made up the Sanhedrin. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the Sadducees. Now, the Pharisees believed in resurrection. The Sadducees never did. They didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They thought when you died, you just died, and that was it. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection uh, of the dead to eternal life. So here we see Nicodemus. He is a, a ruler of the Pharisees, a Pharisee ruler of the Jews. Now, they had a, a system in the, in the Pharisees and the Jewish traditions. They followed the old law. The, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. And now Jesus came, he came on the scene, and Nicodemus saw something different with Jesus than he had with others. others. And we'll see what he says here. As we read. Go ahead, Zach. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Okay. So here he is saying, we know that you're a teacher. We know you're, you came from God because <clears throat> you couldn't do the thing. <coughs> Excuse me. The thing that you're doing if you wasn't coming from God. Now, there's speculation about him coming to Jesus at night. One, one speculation is that being a Pharisee with the Jews and go to Jesus and be seen. Uh, some people had been put out of the synagogue, their position in the synagogue, because of having a relationship with Christ. So Nicodemus could be very possible. He came because he didn't want to lose that position he was in. He uh, came to uh, talk with Jesus about that and see what, what was going on at night. But he's now <clears throat> who who placed it in Nicodemus's mind? Go to Jesus Christ and talk with him. There you go. Holy Spirit, and just the same with the basics here, every one of us, we have to come to know Christ as our Savior 
by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. You cannot, you cannot receive Christ as your Savior if the Holy Spirit does not draw you to him. Impossible. Okay? Go ahead. All right. Jesus, verse 3, Jesus answered him, answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay, and the water can be referred to in different ways, but it's the flesh. <coughs> you have to be born a human being, and then you have to be born again in the spirit in order to come into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, when he was, it sounded like he was baffled a little bit. What do you mean? How can I go back in my mother's womb and be born again? I'm a old, old man, you know. And, and I, But see, Nicodemus starts one way. Jesus comes around with another answer to the question, which wasn't the answer to the question Nicodemus was asking. So Jesus breaks down the point to him that this is what you have to be. You must be born again in the spirit. Now, what, what are, is our makeup as far as a human being? We have a mind. Do what now, Bessie? A mind, a soul, and a spirit. Okay, we have the mind. All right. What is in, contained in our mind? What about will and emotions? Mm -hmm. What about the body? This body we live in. When uh, we sing a song, uh, <coughs> praises fill the temple. What temple is that talking about? Our mind. Us, right here. Yeah, praises fill the temple. Our mind, will, and emotions. That's that's. Uh, our soul contains a mind, will, and emotion. We have a spirit. Who gave us the spirit? God. God, God did. And his word <coughs> says that if I die without Jesus Christ as my Savior, my spirit that God gave me goes back to God who gave me. When it, and I know there's all kinds of debates about the likeness, let us make man in our image. And it said, in the image God made us. The image of God, before Christ came to this earth, was his spirit. Is God's spirit. Is the Holy Spirit spirit. Let us make man in our image. The image I believe that God made us in is giving us a spirit. So that spirit that God gave to us cannot go to hell. If I die without Christ as my Savior, my spirit goes back to God who gave me. The likeness of God, my likeness of God, goes back to God who gave me. The spirit. The soul goes to hell. The mind, will, and emotions. We know that because Luke 16 talks about that. It talks about the rich man. He, he had he could think, he could talk, he could see, and he could hear. So
So we know that the soul goes to hell for eternal punishment. It's, it's sad. It's sad to think right now in America today, though, there's more people following Satan than there is following God, by far. The Lord said in the, in the last days that we are falling away the, of the people, the church. There's a huge amount of falling away from the church. I'm, I'm talking about the true Christians. Not there's there's churches being built, churches being grown, that are growing up, uh, population of people and stuff like that. But there are apostate churches. In other words, they depart from what they once believed. Look at look at what's going on in the United States today in our churches. How the churches are departing from what they once believed. Their mainline denominations today are approving all kinds of the worldly sins that would never have happened a few years back. Right? In the what, last 10 years? Probably the last 10 years, it's just, in the last five years, been more so. In the last three years, it's been rampant. The condoning of sin by the churches and the people of the churches. Okay, let's go ahead again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, that's why we, I think that when it talks about the water, yeah. uh, talk about flesh. Okay. <laughs> Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Okay. So the spirit, born of the spirit, is a new birth. Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, it says, uh, "Can't look that up real quick." I'm sorry. What was it? Because I want to read. The, I want the whole scripture. What is it? I'm sorry. Because it talks about being born. Uh, uh, old things have passed away, and all things become new. First Can you give me five seventeen? I'm five, sorry. Yeah, what? First Corinthians five seventeen. You, know you can put it. You can put it on here. We're we're done right here. We're going. We're doing the basics. You said five. First Corinthians or second? Second. I thought it was second. I think it was. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, I was going to say first. Yeah, there's not seventeen verses in there. First Corinthians five. That's my habit. All right. 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Okay. Now, when you became a Christian, accepted Christ as your Savior, did your life change? <laughs> if your life did not change, then you're not born again. Because old things will pass away. And all things become new. My life changed. I know Zach's life changed. And everyone in here who accepted Christ as a personal Savior, their life changed. You cannot live the same. You don't want to. First of all, I've had people tell me, well, I have to give up so much stuff I enjoy doing. When I accepted Christ as my Savior, I didn't have to give up anything. Actually, I had no desire to do them anymore. I just didn't care. Uh, running the bars, I could care less about going to a bar. Uh, 
before that, I, we, how many, how many, well, I'm sure most of you know, the bars used to have what's called happy hour. Mm -hmm. when, when, when was happy hour most time in bars? Right after work. Right after work, yeah. Yeah, 4.35, something like that. In Columbia it was. So, the reason they call it happy hour is because I would go with some of the guys. I could never drink real much. I just couldn't handle alcohol. But I would go with these guys, and they would, the more they drank, the happier they got most of the time. Some of them got a little mean. Some, most of the time they got happier and happier and happier until next day when they realized they spent all the money. They were sick the next day and they spent all the money and they, they wasn't so happy then. But the bar was happy because they, they had a happy hour and got all the money. I was going to say happy hour for the bar, not for the person. Yeah, not for the person, yeah. So anyway, old things pass away, all things become new. Now let's go to John 3, 16. We're going to uh, 15. Do 15, 16, and 17. Then whoever believes in him, actually, yeah, then whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Okay. First, what's the requirement there? Believe in him. To have eternal life, you have to what? Believe in him. Believe in him who is who? You must believe in Jesus Christ. Old things can't pass away. Old things cannot become new until you believe in Jesus Christ for having eternal life. Now, <clears throat> you are created eternal. You will live eternally. Either in heaven or in hell. You will live eternally. Once, once you were conceived, at the moment of conception, you became a living soul. And on that journey of life, you're on your way to the physical death, but not a death. But you will spend eternity somewhere. God made us to live forever. Preferably with him. Alright, go ahead. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay. <clears throat> everlasting life with God. Should I not perish. So, what it tells me, if I had not received Christ my Savior, I would die and be in hell. Mm -hmm. Everyone in here, if you have not received Christ as your personal Savior, you will die and go to hell. Bottom line. Now, that's the basics. Once we receive Christ as our personal Savior, then becomes a training. You get the basics done. Which is basic is you receive Christ your Savior. Once you get the basics done, then you're in training. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. How many seen uh, football team? They, they they'll do the basics. I watch sometimes watch them when they're doing their, their trials and so they do the basics. And then the coach comes along and says, Let's do this play or this play or this play or this play. My nephew and him had a ball game here the other day, and they every time they go back and they would do pitch back and forth to each other they would bat the balls to each other that's the basics catching and, and pitching back and forth then when it comes time for the game 
there was a change in the in a, the basics into the time of game of doing what they were taught to do. Same way with the Christian. We are being taught the moment you receive Christ as your personal Savior, you, you step and done the basics. Now you're in training. This The Word of God is our manual for training. Right here. <clears throat> now, some say, well, I don't understand the Word of God. The only way we understand the Word of God is to study and have the Holy Spirit help us understand it. The Lord says that if, if God's Word is foolishness to you, you're a non-believer. If you read, <clears throat> well, I, I was, my Christian teeth were cut on the King James Version. <clears throat> and it, it's, it's tough for some to understand, but see, that's all I had. And the Holy Spirit helped me and taught me God's word as as I was growing up in the Lord. Now, I was I perfect when I accepted Christ? No. The Lord, there's a song what is sister mother, just as you are. Yeah. Without one plea, just come just as you are, without one plea. Now, <clears throat> I got saved in 84. I've been on this journey of a Christian walk all these years. And I still fall short. I still struggle. Uh, the Lord says in the Word, we're going to do it. I mean, we're going to do it. The human side of us, we still battle with the human side of us. That, and we call it, referred to as the sin nature. Every one of us were born with a sin nature. Adam and Eve caused that sin nature. When Adam rebelled against God, all, all authority was given to Adam over this earth. And whenever he rebelled against God, disobeyed God, that authority that God had gave to Adam to maintain this earth was taken basically from Adam and gave to Satan. The world, the world's in the shape it's in today because of the satanic influence in the world. For, for God so loved, and I always like to say this, the people of the world, that he gave his only begotten son. He loved the people of this world. God sent his only begotten son to save us because he loved us. There's no way around that. You have to have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Are you are hell bound? How bad is hell? One day, one of these days, we'll, we'll do a study on hell, the results of hell, the punishment of hell, the weeping and wailing and gnashing your teeth in hell for eternity. That you'll spend eternity, uh, as we said sometimes, that from the time the service starts to the service ends, how many people in this world have died and gone to hell? There's people dying every second of the day. I think the statistics of the world death, worldly death, is 156,000 people die every day in the world. I don't know if I haven't figured out how by the men or whatever else, but 156,000 people die of physical death in the world every day. I forget what the stats 
stats are for uh, United States. Anybody know what the stats are for United States average depth? I do know in Missouri, the average depth of heart attack and heart disease is 40 a day. 40 people a day die from that. Uh, 11,000 some die a year from cancer. Uh, others die from suicide, car accidents, all kinds of different deaths. I, I don't remember exactly. But when 14,000 some die from the heart attacks and, and diseases. So every day, every minute, more, more than likely, through this time of service here today, somebody has died in Missouri and are either going to heaven or going to hell. No way around that. When Zach's baby was conceived, that baby became a living soul. So when we talk a living soul, at the moment of conception, that child became a living soul which God assigned the spirit to that child right then. Some people die a year in Missouri. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. From the heart attacks, yeah. And uh, but I forget how many. <clears throat> There's 600 some average suicides a year in Missouri. 3,000 some average deaths in by automobile. I think they said a year. So there are people dying every day, either going to heaven or going to hell. Now. Is a, a Christian exempt from trials and troubles? No. no. The Lord says we will have trials and troubles and tribulations. Yeah. We will have. Okay, go ahead and next one, Zach. Uh, 3.17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Okay, now remember the people of the world. Uh, some people say, well, God loves this planet that much? No. He loves the people on this planet that much. It, there'll be a new heaven, new earth created. This old earth here is going to be passing. You know, just stop and think. The new, new earth is not going to have any oceans. People will wonder, well, if we're going to live forever, <clears throat> and people who make it through the thousand-year reign of Christ are going to occupy the new earth and they will live as human beings all my understanding is <clears throat> on that new earth there will be babies born right but no deaths well how can that be until it gets overpopulated well I believe God has the knowledge to create a new earth big enough to take care of whatever is needed. I believe. I believe God is able right now to supply all our needs on this earth that we live on today according to his riches and glory, not ours. What is the earth right now is two-thirds water, <coughs> ocean, something like that. I don't know how it is today, but a few years ago, 
you can take the population of the world and put them in the city limits of Jacksonville, Florida, if you give everyone one foot of ground to stand on. World population in city limits of Jacksonville, Florida, if you gave them one foot of ground to stand on. Said that you could take the state of Texas and give everyone in Texas 150 by 50 foot lot and you can put the world population give two people per that lot you can put the world population in Texas that's hard to imagine that isn't it but when you when you get down and think about it how many billion people there is and what is seven seven point some billion yeah well how many billions of acres is there in the world of ground so when you get right down to it, the world is not overpopulated, the world is overcongregated. New York City, St. Louis, Kansas City, uh, California is heavily populated. But when you, if, if you go, how many, when's the last time somebody drove west through Kansas, <laughs> on out there, Colorado and on out, uh, and, and drive for miles, and maybe see a house way off in the distance. Uh, we rolled out. We went, uh, what is that, 90s highway or something like that goes to Colorado, Colorado Springs. Uh, 90. Wait. 96. 96. What is it? Uh, highway 96. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's, uh, it used to be just a two lane highway. Mm -hmm. Everybody went to the interstate and went that way. We took that road there. And one night we was driving through there, and I mean, as far as you could see, there was no lights, nothing. And it was night, we drive through at night. And we noticed there was a headlights of a truck behind us. And he must have been 10 or 15 miles away from us anyway. But we drove and drove and drove and never saw nothing. Well, during the daylight, we came back. And I could see why we didn't see anything during the daylight, because there wasn't nothing out there to see. There, there was uh, ranches and stuff like that. Well, see, the overpopulation is what's causing, uh, not overpopulation, overcongregation is causing the problems in the world as far as pollution. We clean up the air here in America, we send it overseas, they pollute it and bring it back to us for us to clean up and send it back to them. Anybody ever thought about that? They, they keep talking about what we can do to pollute the air, how damaging we are to to the air. The air over the United States does not stay here. We clean it up, we send it overseas, they dirty it up, send it back to us, we clean it up, send it overseas, they dirty it up, send it back to us. It's a, it's a what you call it, a circle, an endless cycle, a circle. Okay, so God did not send his son into the world to condemn the people of the world, but to what? Savior. Now, if you don't have Christ as your personal Savior, you're condemned already. Already. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. Just don't receive Christ as your Savior. And you will go to hell. It's either comes real to us or faith. They wouldn't come real to you.
See, I was fortunate when I got saved. I was, it was tax day. How many know what April 15th is? All right. Well, I got saved April 15th, 1984. So I can remember that because I always had a, a deal with taxes all the time. But see, it doesn't matter so much the date. It's the matter is it happened. You could have accepted Christ last week. It's just as permanent as before for me, for you. It's permanent. You could accept Christ this morning, and it's permanent this morning. Your life begins anew. If you receive Christ today as your Savior, your life begins anew right there. Uh, some of us can't remember the date. Uh, maybe not the date, but you remember when it happened. Well, I know when I actually walked up there to you and confessed, it probably was in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. And your life changed. Never been the same. What, what is it you say? <coughs> you sing, thank you, Lord, for saving, saving my, soul. my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a great salvation so rich and free. So rich and free. Every morning when I wake up. In the morning, when you open your eyes, thank the Lord for another day. Now, this is the day the Lord hath made. That I will, by choice, that's my choice. When I got up this morning, it's my choice if I was going to rejoice in it today. Be glad and rejoice in it. That's my choice. I, can, I could have got up with a bad attitude and Gripe and carried on. When my whole day is nothing but gripe and carrying on. It's been a bad day all day. Either that or I can get up like I did this morning, which I do every morning, really. I get up and I thank the Lord for another day. I know one of these days, my breath will not be in this body. And I'll be gone. <coughs> but until that day, I thank the Lord for this day. <coughs> now, I can either make a good day out of it or I can make a bad day. That's my choice. What's that song about be happy in Jesus? There's no other way. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. There's no other way. Be happy in Jesus. There's no other way. Any questions? Anything you want to say? Um, you know, just to kind of maybe to a point to add to this, Wayne talks about the basics, right? Now, the point of a basic is that you can build on it. You know, anything that's a basics in life, you can build on it. Take, uh, take professional chef, for instance. A professional chef has to learn the basics of cooking. How do ingredients act with each other? How does uh, how does an oven act? How does a stove act? And they have to learn the basics. Take a mechanic. You can't repair and rebuild an engine if you don't understand how a gear works or how a pulley works. You have to understand these basic concepts. Same with my job. 
you can't understand base the more advanced stuff if you don't get the basics. We were I had a, a coworker of mine I was on the phone with him. They're hiring somebody where I used to work at uh, for a more advanced position, and he tells me Zach, you know, he tried to apply for this job, and he can't even list off. He listed off a few different very basic things in technology. He said he couldn't tell what any of this was. They didn't hire him because he didn't know the basics. And now in the Christian walk, what are the basics? You have to, you know, confess with your mouth. Jesus, Lord, believe in your heart. He's raised from the dead. What are basic things Christians should do? They should know how to pray. They should know how to believe. They should know how to stand on faith against something. When life pushes, you push back with faith. You know, why is that? Because you know what? If you know the basics, then when you get to something more complicated, you'll know what to do. And, that, and that's the thing is, I heard a guy say, and I, and I wish I could remember what the name of the player my youth pastor mentioned, but one of my youth pastors growing up was a big sports buff. Love sports, and I think this was baseballs. But this, he was telling the story of this guy, and I don't know what kind of a contract he got. But at the time, the contract he got to play baseball, I believe, was the largest, like, dollar amount of any player at that time. And they asked him, "What makes you worth this much money?" Players or a reporter asked him, "You know, explain to us why do you, why you know, why do you think you're worth this much money?" He said, "I'm the best." At the basics. He said, every day I get up and I go out, and I think he was a pitcher, and I go out and pitch, and I pitch, and I do that same pitch a thousand times. You know, however many, you know, think about it. When you look at sports, you know, um, pick on NASCAR a little bit, you know, they, if you are with a NASCAR driver, you are guaranteed a great left turn. Um, think about it. It's, it's that repeat, repetitive yeah. motion. Go watch somebody that's professional at golf. They just hours. Hours. So when you're a Christian, what does that mean? A Christian and a Christian, I'll say professional Christian, because I just don't like that term. But somebody that is rooted and grounded in their faith is someone that when they get up, when they go about their day, and when they go to bed, they live and breathe. Faith, they live, they live and breathe prayer, they leave, live and breathe God's word. Yeah. A Christian is somebody who should be able to call scripture like that. How many people can rattle off a stat? If I give a team, how many people can rattle off, you know, this person plays this thing and does this hits and has this many runs and da 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 You know, I know people, they can just rattle off somebody's, a team's like statistics. Um, I know people that can rattle off car facts. You know, like if you tell somebody, oh yeah, I was looking at this make and model car. They can tell you things about it. I've, I've met people that can tell you the bolts on it. I'm like, I don't even care what the bolts are. You know, nope, guilty. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Somebody that lives and breathes something, that's the mark of it. Is that you can ask them a question, they can almost instantly. Nobody, when somebody talk, calls, you know, let's say when somebody talks to Gordon, I think I'm saying it right, Gordon Ramsay? Yes. Chef Gordon Ramsay. He doesn't have to sit there. If they tell him, hey, chef, can you make me an omelet? He doesn't have to check a recipe book. You don't see him, oh, man, how do I do that again? You know what I'm saying? He can just call that stuff. Why? Because he lives and he breathes it. That's how we have to do it. So when people call and life gets hard or life happens, a Christian should be able to call that. Someone who is an expert or someone that is a professional at their field is someone that has done it so much that what you're seeing is an overflow. So those guys that can shoot hoops and run the ball and just do whatever, it's an overflow of years years and years of practice. 
And so just something for us to think about while we're looking at what to do in the basins. The people that are in the, pre in the, in the business and sports world, professionals, and the Christian world, people that are rooted and grounded, those are not the people that just suddenly woke up one morning and said, oh, I'm going to be this, and did it one day. Being rooted and grounded in your faith is the days and the months and the years. The other thing, don't get discouraged if you mess up a basic. It happens to all of us. I guarantee you, going back to sports, games have been won and lost because somebody forgot the basics. Wars have been won and lost because... Got the basics. You know what I mean? I can tell you that when you forget the basics, cooking doesn't go well either. Because I've done that one. <clears throat> Good basic in cooking. Read the directions twice. <laughs> yeah, that was the last night story. <laughs> so yeah, just you know, that's the thing is as you look at what the basics are in faith, take a minute to go, okay. When I get up today, like Wayne's, like Wayne's talked about, like even David's talked about, what's he doing as basic? He gets up in the morning. Thanks, God. Yeah. He takes his day and he prays. Yeah. What's he doing? He's just day in and day out working on that basic. You're not going to be able to take on every world problem overnight. But you can take it on one step at a time. You get up. You get up. Take one step. Thank God. And you move forward from there. Nobody's ever become an expert overnight. I've heard it said somewhere that a professional is someone who's done something 10,000 hours. Right? I'm not going to do the breakdown right now. That's a lot of days. That, that's a long time to do something. 10,000 hours. But you know how they got to that 10,000 hours? They had one hour. Then they did two hours. Three. A hundred. Five hundred. Eight hundred. A thousand. Two thousand. You know, and it just... So that's the thing is, do the God, basics. As you work on the basics, the advanced stuff, and I say in Christianity, the advanced stuff, but digging in deeper with God becomes easier as you dig, as you get the basics down. Because all the all all the rest of the stuff is just a lot of times the basics plus a little extra. That's all it is. You know, these guys that hit home runs, that's just swinging a bat with a little extra force. Just like in faith. You know, if you if you can work on faith when it's something minor, like praise God, I'm gonna get a good parking spot today in Walmart. There is no there's nothing on the line if you don't. Nobody's life is on the line, no business is on work isn't on the line, your family's not on the line. The only thing's on the line is you might have to walk an extra ten feet. But there's a basic. Start there. Thank you, Lord, for a great parking spot. And then you might get to the point where you're telling God, you know what, thank you that, you know what, maybe you lose your job. Thank you, Lord, that you've got my needs covered. Yeah. You know, that is the thing. So sorry. That's like, uh, Jerry, when we down at Columbia, he was looking for a van. <coughs> and uh, we walked into a lot, looked at it and everything, and, and finally, all said and done, he looked at some vans. All said and done, he said, well, nothing earth pleasing, so I'll just wait on the Lord. And that, that's what he said. I'll wait on the Lord. He'll supply. So I had bought my van. And mine's a 2014, 100 some thousand on it. And Jerry got him a 2015, but a little over 100,000. He got one, had two keys for it. I had to have 
extra one made for mine, hundred some seventy some dollars. All right, and he got a year mirror. He got a van with two keys in it. Came with it and everything he needed. A year mirror for two thousand less than me. <laughs> Those that wait upon the Lord shall be blessed. <laughs> See, but we prayed. Said Lord, we had prayed about talked about. Judy and I had. I said, Jared and them need a van. They need one. It's, it's not a want, but Lord bless it. Well, we go and get his van. We went up there to get it. It's identical to mine. Absolutely identical. Had the same type WeatherTech floor mats. It, everything in it, only it had the pull-down shades that mine doesn't have. Uh, what else does it have? I think that's about it. But here he got a two-year two nearer. Less miles, both keys that he needed one for two thousand less. One time only. One time only. Yeah, one one time only. Don't worry, he's gonna make sure you remember how many ways it's used. But see, what I'm saying is, we asked God to bless Jerry and, and Sandy with the van, not thinking that they were gonna get something like mine, better, newer, with complete stuff. For my what? Let me tell you something else. Well, yeah. yeah, that's not the complete of the story. Is when we went to sell the car, we had only had I only put a thousand dollars on it, and the Lord said, "No, put enough on it to pay your loan off." And I did, and we sold it for that. Yeah, praise God. God yeah. is good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and see, those who wait upon the Lord, and, and that's what we have to do. Can uh, put bring up Romans eight twenty eight, and we're going to finish with this. But Zach is right with the basic. <clears throat> now, when you accept Christ as personal Savior, you would know very little about the Bible. Very little. And as you read and study and grow, you'll know more. Don't ever expect, that if you're a new Christian, don't ever expect to be in the same area as someone who's been a Christian for 10, 15, 20 years. Don't expect that. Don't expect your life to be in line with like their life may be. Now, I know a lot of Christians that have been Christians for 15, 20 years or <laughs> babes in Christ, you know. And, you know uh, anyway, don't get discouraged because, well, they, they don't seem to have the problems. The Lord says, if we draw near to him, we can resist the devil and he must flee. The secret to that is you've got to draw near to God. Submit unto God, that's what it says. Resist the devil and he must flee. But until you submit unto God, you cannot resist the devil. Amen. Yeah. He, he doesn't have to flee. He, he can irritate and aggravate and, and stir as long as he wants to until you submit unto God. How do you know what to submit? His word tells you. Holy Spirit will tell you how to submit to the Lord. You got it, Kim? That's up. 8.8. All right. And we know that all things work together to, for good to those who love God, to, to those who are called who are the called according to his purpose. Okay. What's his purpose? What calling? Share the gospel. Everyone except Christ is a personal Savior. That's his purpose. And we know that if we do that, all things will work together to the good. Now, does it mean that everything will be 
uh, hunky-dory? No. Doesn't mean we're going to have no problems? No. But at the end, it's going to work to the good. According to his purpose, his purpose is in Jesus Christ. We come to Christ as our Lord and Savior, receive him. All right, put up Romans 10. Uh, start with verse 9. We're going to finish here. I'm going to have Sister Millie come up, and we're going to, what do they say? They sing a song and be parted. <laughs> One other thing. What verse did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, 9 10. You guys didn't see that one. It did say something a couple verses down. It said, If God be for us, who can be against us? Remember. Yeah. And what, you were one, nine, ten, right? That if you confess with your mouth, verse nine, if you, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. There you go. Now, that's really hard, isn't it? I don't know why God made that so hard. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just it's, it makes it so hard to understand that. I, I, I'll probably never get saved because I just don't understand that right there. God made it simple enough these children back here, every one of these kids back here have received Christ as their Savior. They may not fully understand the whole setup, but they know the basics. Confess and believe. All right, Sister Millie, you know just as I am. Just play. Okay? Now, as just as we are without one plea, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head and close their eyes. And I want you to search your heart right now. How much do you trust the Lord? Do you, do you trust Him for this day? Do you trust Him for every day? Did you get up in a storm this morning in His presence? Have you asked God to forgive you for your shortcomings? I was sitting on the porch this morning <clears throat> talking with the Lord and asked him, forgive me for some of my thoughts. I am a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner saved by grace. I need to put that away. The Lord looks at me through the blood of Jesus Christ. As you confess Christ as your Savior, he has to look at you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, I see no sin. Because there's no sin in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The pure blood of Christ saved us from all sin. As Zach was talking with the children today, they're precious in God's sight. You are precious in God's sight. If you had been the only living being on this earth, Jesus still would have came and died for you and paid for your sin. So thank him today. Thank him today. Just as you are without one plea, Jesus Christ came and died for us. 
Father, as we come to an end of this service, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. He said that's all we have to do. And we will be saved. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your word says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess someday that you are Lord. We can either do it because we want to and love you, or we can do it because we are forced to. But every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Father, I pray that you would be with each and every one here today. As we leave here today, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit. The basics are there. And as we walk in our basics, we can, as Zach said, build on the basics. The foundation is the basic. And now, Lord, let us build upon you and your word. Guide us and direct us, Holy Spirit, through our life. And be glorified in everything said and done. And we ask in Jesus, your name. Amen. Amen. Anybody needs prayer? Come